This podcast is a production of Schweitzer, a United Methodist Church, transforming lives by making disciples of Jesus Christ. Well, good morning to you. It's a great morning. It's a great day to to come and celebrate the resurrection of Christ. I want to start by asking you a question this morning. What do you like to do uh, when you just want to hang out? What do you like to do when you just want to put your feet up? Where do you like to go? Uh, like to go to movies, uh, like to read, uh, like to take a walk, go on a run, check out a ball game. You know, for me, uh, the place that I go to escape always has green grass, has white chalk, has the sound of the crack of a bat, uh, the pop of a glove, and the home team always wears the birds on the bat. Uh, you can have royal blue, it's okay. Uh, Cubs are not allowed on uniforms. <laughs> but you get the idea when you read the gospel that we're going to look at in just a few moments that this was more than just taking an evening off. This is a time where uh, two guys are on the road to Emmaus, and uh, it's not a place just uh, to escape for a little while. Now, these guys uh, have had uh, their props knocked from out from underneath them. These guys are on the road to Emmaus because their best friend, Jesus, has just been killed a few days before. And they're going through a time of disillusionment and bewilderment. And they're wondering, uh, what's the use? So the road to Emmaus is more than a geographical location. It's a place where they go. It's a place where you and I go when we need to get our bearings where we've lost our bearings. It may be a place where you go where you're just ready to throw up your hands and say the heck with it all. And so it's on the road to Emmaus that we read the story that Jesus does not leave them in their disillusionment, that Jesus does not leave them alone. So I want to invite you to stand with me for the reading of the gospel this morning. Now on that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all the things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, what are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, What things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. And how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some of the women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning. And when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that they had indeed 
seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all the prophets have declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself and all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as if he were going on, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. And they said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? You may have a seat. So Jesus joins them on the road. Jesus joins us on our own roads to Emmaus. And did you catch the phrase that as they're talking about Jesus and as they're explaining to Jesus, not recognizing who he is, that, that really tragic phrase, we had hoped. Uh, hope was in the past tense. Uh, we had hoped that he was the one. We had hoped that he was the one that was going to redeem us. He was the one that was going to save us. We had, we had hoped. So Emmaus is, is that place where we journey when we are about to lose hope. And maybe you're on the road to Emmaus today. You, you've had your hopes dashed. Your faith is shattered. Or your life is really, really bumpy and hard. And you're trying to get your bearings. Maybe Emmaus is a place where you just have camped out. It's a place where you shut down. It's a place where you shut the world out. It's where you just have given up. You had hoped. But... Uh, you don't hope anymore. Not really. And yet Jesus comes alongside of us. And Jesus helps us to sort things out. Jesus helps us to sift things through. And as he sorts things out with us, uh, Jesus has a way of asking questions and helping us to look at our life. My uh, parents' generation is a great generation. I I admire so much about their qualities, but there's one thing about my parents' generation that I never really understood, their propensity to never, 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 never throw anything away. <laughs> and so uh, it was a few years ago, longer than, than that really now, when my dad died, my mother lived in this house that they had retired in. It wasn't a large house, two-bedroom house with a full basement, I, but I marveled at how many things could still be packed in that little house. And so when the time came for my mother to leave that house and go into assisted living, it was, it was up to us kids to clean it all out. 
Anybody understand what I'm talking about? <laughs> and so we put things in three piles. There was the keep pile. And my mother was always trying to put more and more things into that pile. There was the goodwill pile. And there was the burn pile. <laughs> now, which pile do you think was the largest? <laughs> the burn pile by far. And fortunately, they lived out in the country, so we could just take uh, their stuff, the stuff that just had to be burned, load it up in the pickup truck, put it in a big old breast pile, and, and burn away. But you know, in the midst of all that sorting out, we found some treasures. And if we hadn't been careful, we might have thrown some things away. We might have thrown away uh, some baseball cards. Uh, we might have thrown away some letters that had been written years ago in the family. We might have been thrown, thrown away some postcards that used to be sent. Uh, we might have thrown away a train set or a rocking horse or memorabilia. But more than memorabilia, things that spoke to life, things that spoke to love and hope and goodness and relationships and faith. And you get the idea as you read through this gospel story that these guys on the road to Emmaus are just about ready to throw it all away. They're about ready to throw away the treasure because they had hoped. They had a glimmer of hope, but now they're just bewildered and they don't know what to make of things. And in the midst of their confusion, in the midst of their not knowing what to hold on to, Jesus helps them to sort things out. He says, didn't the Messiah have to suffer? Didn't these things have to occur? And friends, uh, we're going through a time in our culture, in our nation, in our world where things move, are moving fast. And we're sorting a lot of things out these days, even when it comes to faith. Some have called it like a giant rummage sale. And you know it's okay to clean house, and sometimes you got to get up in the attic, and you got to go down the basement, and you gotta, you got to clear things out. But there's some things in your life and in my life we don't want to throw away. What things? the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth. Do not throw away the cross. Do not throw away the emblem of the ultimate sacrificial love of God who stands in our place. And don't throw away those idle tales, those foolish tales that the women told when they had visions of an angel and said he wasn't here. Don't throw that away. Don't throw away the presence and the power of the risen Christ. And friends, don't throw away relationships. Don't throw away or devalue the importance of a community of faith. These two guys had left the 120 and they were on their way to Emmaus and you get the idea that they may not have ever come back had they not met 
Jesus on the way. Don't throw away those important relationships in your life, in your family, and especially in your faith. Jesus has a way of helping us to sort things out. And he asks probing questions. And we say, well, it's complicated. And he says, well, tell me about it. He has all the questions and he has all the time and he has all the love to work things out. When Jesus joins us on the way, he sorts things out. And in the midst of life, in the midst of our journeys, in the midst of our roads to Emmaus, Jesus joins us on the way. One of the guys that I've been journeying with for the last several years is Ryan Draffin. Ryan, uh, about a year ago or so, met this beautiful young woman, Mindy Miller. Mindy has been really good for Ryan. She's shaping him up really well. And they fell in love, and they're engaged to be married. But about six weeks ago, and I tell this story not only with their blessing, but with their hope that their story in some way helps inspire others. About six weeks, weeks ago, Mindy was diagnosed with breast cancer. And through the past several weeks, there's been the series of tests. There's been the consultations. There's been the decisions to make. And uh, she now is going through uh, chemotherapy. And they've delayed the wedding into next year. It was a few weeks ago that on a time when anxiety particularly was very tough and had stricken them, that they were literally driving through the badlands of South Dakota. In the midst of the badlands, Ryan says that there was a power, there was a presence that had come over him that helped him along the way. And while journeying in the badlands, these words came to Ryan. I am being guided by a power not of this earth. When others say I should rest, you say I should go. When others say, take care of yourself, you say, I will take care of you. Others are worried, you say, be not afraid. I asked, you answered, and I will follow. They're going to be all right. The prognosis is going to be good. Their road's going to be a little bumpy. It's going to be a little long this year. But they have come to know a presence that is deeper and richer as they travel their road to Emmaus as they're on journeying through some bad lands. Richer and more full than they'd ever known before. And that's the thing about Jesus. He joins us along the way. He, he's there for us in the tough times, in the hard times. And how often adversity is that opportunity in which we can more openly acknowledge our need of God and how he becomes known to us whenever we're ready 
to acknowledge our need of him. Do you know Jesus today? Do you have a personal relationship with Jesus? You might be wondering, well, how does someone come to know Jesus? And I think people come to know Jesus in the way that they typically did in the scriptures, and they've always come to know Jesus. You typically come to know Jesus by hanging out with people that know Jesus. And if there's two questions that uh, you might ask anybody, if you ever want to get serious, if you ever want to think more deeply about your faith, I found these two questions to be questions that are good to ask. Have you found God? Hang out with somebody you think knows God. Have you found God? Do you know God? Can you help me find Him too? And all of us that know Him would want to be like uh, spiritual guides that will love you, that will care for you, that will walk with you, that will journey with you, that will help you to know this presence, not just in the bad lands, not just in the hard times, but in all of life, in ordinary life, in everyday life, in just the daily grind, the daily struggles, to know this presence goes with us everywhere we go. A couple of weeks ago, I was enjoying a particularly a wonderful time with Jesus in the morning where I read the scriptures and pray. And it was at the beginning of my Friday, my Sabbath. And, uh, and I just told Jesus, I said, Jesus, you know, I hate to leave this. I, would you just go with me throughout the day? Now, I could do that any day. <laughs> it's just that sometimes I don't. And he said, yeah, he, he was happy to hang along. You know, he went to the gym with me. And then he went to the grocery store. I've never really experienced God in the grocery store before, you know. I, I don't like to. <laughs> I'm so task-oriented. <laughs> I'm, I'm pathetic sometimes. <laughs> and now I just rush to do things. But in the midst of checking out the grocery store that day, the, I had purchased... Uh, a candy bar from my wife. I typically buy, Susan, um, a bar that's got love on it, and there's a little love poem inside. Any of you want to take notes, just talk to me after the service. And it's, it's rich, dark chocolate cherries and raspberries. Really good. And it was on sale that day, so I bought two, one for me and one for her. <laughs> I mean, one for her and one for me. And I go to the checkout line, and, and the checker, she grabs one of those bars and says, Oh, chocolate, where did you get this? Well, I got it here. She said, Where? Oh, in the exotic section. Yeah, you know what? I, we get to eat Hershey's. She pointed this little half-eaten Hershey's bar. I love this chocolate. And I, just as sure as I'm standing here, I, I felt the Spirit say to me, Give her the candy. And I said, I asked for paper. She gave me plastic. <laughs> Give her the candy. By that time, she had put the candy away in different bags, and I was just ignoring the voice, but it just kept getting stronger. Give her the candy. I'd made my way out of the store to the car, ready to put groceries in the trunk. And it's as if the voice said to me, I thought you wanted to hang out with me. I want, I, and you cannot even respond to 
the smallest inkling or suggestion or instruction that I have for you. And so finally, you know, I grabbed the bar and I went to back in the store and handed her the candy. I said, here, ma'am, this is for you. And she, she clutched it like I'd given her a million dollars. But the point is not that. The point is, if I want to have an intimate relationship with Jesus and he's whispering stuff in my ear, if he's giving me nudges, before I can go deeper in that relationship, I have to pay attention to what he's saying and doing. Friends, spiritual practices is not doing the daily disciplines. Not really. Spiritual practices is being in conversation with God. It's having a relationship with God. It's living in this presence of God. It's having the presence of Jesus wherever we go. And that is, that is ultimately salvation. That's eternal life. That's, that's it in a nutshell. Is being in relationship and knowing Jesus in a personal way. And all of us can have that. And we can experience that. I'm no, I'm no one special. What I experienced with Jesus, many of you are experiencing too. And all of you can. I love it in the story of the gospel where Jesus is about to go on when they arrive in Emmaus and they say strongly to him, stay with us, stay with us, stay with us. When we have the presence of Jesus in our life, we want him to stay with us and to go with us in all situations, in the ordinary breaking of bread, in checking out groceries, and when we're journeying through the bad lands of life. So let's say you're on your road to Emmaus today, and you're driving instead of walking, and as you're driving your car, you go around a curve, and it's kind of a misty, gloomy kind of weather day like it is today. And as you go around this curve, you, you see this figure along the side of the road, and you look in your rearview mirror, and, and yes, it's Jesus. And so you pull over to the side of the road. And as you do, Jesus walks up to your car. And he smiles. And he gestures as if he'd like to come in. And what are you going to do if Jesus? What do you do if Jesus? Do you leave him along the side of the road? Or do you invite him to join you. Some people put him in the trunk. <laughs> but that's not much of a relationship. But that's what some, some of us want to do. We just want to put him in the trunk so we can pull him out when we need him. But what if we invite him into the cab? Maybe the back seat where we can have a conversation with him when we want to. But what if we invite Jesus to sit next to us? in the front seat. And sometimes we're scared. We might say, well, gosh, you know, he may just want to take over the wheel. In all respect to Carrie Underwood, no, I don't think Jesus wants the wheel. I think um, he wants us to have the wheel. He wants, to be a, he wants us to be a person fully alive with the presence of Jesus in our life. And he wants to be that 
GPS, but more than a GPS. He wants to be that presence that sits beside us and in front of us and behind us and in us and through us. He wants to be real. And when we invite Jesus into our life, our everyday, real, ordinary, go to work, go to school, play, relational life, he transforms it all. Whether you're just going through everyday stuff or whether you're going through your own personal badlands and really tough time. Whatever, we'll discover what my friend Ryan discovered. I am being guided by a power not of this earth. When others say I should rest, you say I should go. When others say take care of yourself, you say I will take care of you. Others are worried, you say be not afraid. I asked, you answered. I will follow. As the band comes this morning and leads us in some more times of worship, where are you in your relationship with Christ? Will you invite him in and make the journey of life with you? For Christ is risen. He is risen indeed.